The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you, are, while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, They came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all of the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's sermon. So yesterday, my family went on a quick trip, and one of the things that we like to do before we go on a trip is we check the weather just so that we know what to do. And I was thinking that there are often, not words associated with weather, but pictures 
What do you think? What does this one mean here? Raindrops. And how, how much you pack a little differently? What would be some things you might bring on a trip if you knew this was going to be the weather? Rain jacket, an umbrella. How about, how about this one? Definitely. We should have brought boots. That's right. That's right. Even more sunscreen with this one, maybe? A beach ball, too. A beach ball, too. This is going to be cloudy, but you probably don't need an umbrella. This one's kind of tricky. How about this one? Snow. That's right. Thick jacket. It's going to be cold. What's this one? A non-metallic umbrella. Non-metallic umbrella for lightning. That would be wise. That would be wise. That would be an excellent idea. That sounds like a lot of planning. But you can see how there are symbols that mean something. And it changes kind of what we might do during the day, right? Well, I've got one more symbol that kind of comes from today's gospel. It's kind of hard to see. Bread and wine. And what does that remind us of? Communion. That's right. And one of the things that we hear about in the lesson today is these disciples who were walking along with Jesus and they didn't recognize him until he broke the bread and they saw that he was there. And do you know what we say when we break the bread here and share communion? We say that Christ is here too. So these are important symbols because they change what we do. It means that we're going to go about our day differently. We're going to go about our day knowing that Christ is with us. And that changes everything. Let's say a prayer. Can you guys hold your hands? Gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence in our world. Help us to open our eyes that we might see you at work and join in. Amen. Okay. You guys can go back to your seats. Okay. This text, I think, is one of the best after Easter texts. And one of the things that always strikes me is it's not unusual for us to have a reading where there is some language in it that is familiar to us. Sometimes it's because we know the story, and maybe there aren't specific phrases in it that come to mind, but we know the story, and so it seems familiar. But particularly those raised in the church, we hear the evening prayer passage. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening, and the day is almost over. It's almost hard not to sing that text, because it's a part of our bones, a part of our liturgy that we use. But we also hear other historical echoes. We know the Wesley tradition as he was in a Bible study on Romans, written by Martin Luther, I would point out, to my Methodist friends, where he said, my heart was strangely warmed, a reminder of this passage where the disciples are walking along and they experience Christ opening the the word of the prophets to them and they feel this warmth inside, a reminder of his teaching. But as we hear this text, I think there are important pieces for us as we walk through that day that would have just seemed like it went on and on and on. 
on that day, that day, you know the one, the one where everything happened, the day in which we had been dragged out for three days that we thought would never end, and then we woke up and everything we thought we knew was suddenly different on that day, on that day, these two disciples are leaving town. Now, why are they leaving town? They are devastated. Here, their leader, their rabbi has been executed. Everything has been yanked out from under them. Their close friends are in despair. They don't know what to do next. Maybe Maybe we should think about heading towards home. We don't know if Cleopas and the other disciple were from Emmaus or if Emmaus was just in the direction that they needed to go. But at that point in time, they had gotten up in Jerusalem, said their goodbyes, and began their walk. Could you imagine how heavy their feet must have felt as they walked out of that city? leaving everything behind them as they moved one step and then the next and then the next. In our day and age, the only reason anybody would walk seven miles is an emergency of some kind, right? Seven-mile walk, and there they are. And they are talking about all the things that have happened. All of the things And I think it's a little quick for us to move in all of these things to talk merely about what the disciples were talking about there, as important as they were. The disciples were consumed with everything that had happened and was happening. Just like us. We wake up in the morning, we hear the news, This last couple of weeks have been rather epic. We have watched as storms tore through the southern United States. We have heard the news of Osama bin Laden being found and killed. We have heard of epic weddings and seen photos and video from all over the world. All of this stuff of life that is bombarding us, that consumes us. I remember a few months back seeing this great video clip of this woman who was checking her news. Maybe it was her email or checking the news or whatnot on her phone as she walked out of a department store and promptly fell right into a fountain, consumed (laughs) with her phone, which was funny except for the scary part in most of the back of our minds thinking, that could be me. (laughs) But we are consumed with those things. They occupy all of our space. Some of it is what we pop up on the internet in the morning and hear about the world going on outside. But most of what keeps us up at night has very little to do with that. It is our news, our things that keep us up. Am I going to have this done in time? It's relationships that are strained. It is the messiness of this life and its hurts and brokenness that keep rattling around loose in our heads as we go about our days. It is at that moment that Christ joins us. It's at that moment. 
And so, yes, the news from the text is about what's happening in Jerusalem. But the news is about what is happening to those disciples. And therefore, it is the news that is happening with us. That is where Christ comes into the story. Now, you notice they are so distracted by what's going on, they don't even recognize Christ. And I remember as a kid thinking that that was kind of a strange sort of thing. I mean, if they were close followers of his, wouldn't they recognize him? But I think, like for us, it's out of their frame of reference to see someone after they had been at their funeral. Their eyes were closed such that they couldn't see. And so Jesus begins to speak. Now, we think of all these mannerisms and things that might have cued them in as to who he was, right? I remember my mom's father, who grew up in the hills of Arkansas, had many peculiarities about him. He had a manner of walking as an old man with one elbow out. And my aunt, decades after his death, could mimic this walk such that you could see it, see it in her. And yet nothing is cueing them. The way he walks, his pattern of speech, his accent, nothing. Now he teaches them everything that they should know. Nothing. They begin to pull into a place to stay. Jesus moves to move on and they say, no, stay with us because it is evening and the day is almost over. They're at their limit. How much sleep have they had in the last few days? They wake up on days with eyes with rings around them, not unlike us on some days. And there they are at the end, begging this man to stay with them. And it is only at that moment. And did you notice the language, how familiar it is? He took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. It's the same language. Then they knew he was there. As Lutheran Christians, we understand that when we gather in worship, the Lord is present with us in a way that opens the Scriptures to us. In some ways, this text we read here is almost a perfect window into how we understand our worship life together. The Scripture is open to us, and in the breaking of the bread, we understand that Christ is not represented but is in fact present. But is in fact present. Like the disciples, we can be distracted, our eyes can be confused, and we may not see. But that's part of the reason we do this every week. <laughs> because every day we wake up and the news storm around us, both personal and global, is different. Our ability to hear and see is challenged. And we need our sisters and brothers in the faith to hold us together that we might again see the bread broken and know that whether our eyes see it that morning or next week, Christ is present here and now. Amen.